so glad you could join us for the mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Uh, so now we're going to jump into uh, God's Word and uh, we're going to thank Christy this morning for uh, reading for us uh, from John chapter 11. Good morning, everybody. Today's Bible reading comes from John chapter 11, verses 32 to 44. When Mary had reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opens the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for their benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Uh, Thank you, Christy, for reading God's word for us uh, this morning. Uh, So I'm going to pray. If you want to pray with me, I encourage you to do that as we come to uh, unpacking God's word together this morning. So, Father, we pray that as we come to your word, that it wouldn't be just a going through the motions. We pray that your word would be living and active in our lives by your spirit this morning. Let nothing disrupt or distract us this morning, Father, but let us uh, experience a transformation in our lives with the fullness of what your word has for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the, the title of my message this morning is This Stinks. This Stinks. And I wonder if you've found yourself saying something like that lately uh, about any number of things. Well, this just stinks. Uh, My inspiration for uh, that title comes from part of that reading, John chapter 11, verse 39, where it says, uh, Jesus encourages them to take away the stone. But then uh, they say to Jesus, But Lord, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. And it's not my normal practice to jump into uh, the King James, the old King James version of the Bible, but I did want to uh, 
touch on that this morning because it's kind of cool the way the King James translates this, this verse. Uh, Martha's words in the King James are translated as, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. Uh, and so this morning the title of my message is, This Stinks, but we could perhaps say, uh, This Stinketh, to give it that little bit of old-timey style. Uh, the thing is, our sense of smell is powerful. It, it, uh, it is something that can overwhelm us when there's an aroma, either good or bad. Uh, it can overwhelm our senses like, like some of our other senses don't. We can close our eyes, we can uh, block our ears, we can avoid touching things, but it's very hard even by blocking your nose to, to avoid uh, something, a smell, an aroma uh, that's in the room. Our sense of smell can trigger memories as well. And uh, I remember hearing once that, that our smell is the, the, the uh, aspect of our senses that is most associated with memory. And so more than anything else, it, it, it triggers memories and thoughts uh, in our mind for us. And it's true that the stench of death is overpowering. Uh, I came into uh, contact with this stench of death recently where my family and I were going for a walk through the Yass Gorge uh, with our dog Banjo. And uh, Banjo found something that he decided he was going to spend a few minutes rubbing himself in. Uh, we, we, he, was a, he was a few metres away, we couldn't smell what it was, but as soon as he came near us, we realised very quickly that Banjo had decided he wanted to smell like a dead animal for the rest of that day. Uh, and so, you know, he would kind of run off and come back to us. And every time Banjo came near, the stench of death... Uh, came into our, our family group as we walked through the gorge and it was overwhelming and it was overpowering and it was disgusting. Um, we could kind of shoo Banjo away, make sure he stayed close to us but didn't go too far away, uh, except for when we came to crossing back over the river to get back up uh, this other side of the gorge to our house uh, where the river was flowing and uh, I could lift the small members of our family across and I could help the larger members of our family across but, but Banjo didn't seem to want to leap across and so the only way to get our dog back across the river was to pick him up and he's a fairly large dog uh, and so you know his smell that he'd rubbed himself in was now all over me and so not just banjo but I took on the aroma of death uh, and I can assure to you if you haven't smelt uh, something that's died in a while it does really stink and so this is the situation that, that uh, Jesus uh, finds himself in at the tomb as Lazarus. He's asked them to roll away the stone and, and, and uh, Lazarus' sister says, he's, he's been dead in the tomb for four days. It's going to stink. His body has started to stink. But it's not just that in this story. There's a literal stinketh that... Uh, Martha is talking about here that, that the, the body has started to decompose, it will stink, but, but it's not just the stink of the, the death that is in this situation, the situation itself stinks. Mary and Martha's brother was dead. This put them in a precarious social position uh, in the age that they lived in even far more so than we could imagine today, the, the social structure was, was built around the men in the family and so to lose their brother and as far as we know they weren't married and, and their father was long gone and, and so to lose their brother put them in a precarious social position in the ancient world. Their brother was dead 
And now there was nothing that could be done about it. He had been sick. And they would have been anxious in this time of sickness and maybe he'll get better, maybe he won't. He had died. And then it had been four days. The body had started to decompose by that point. And there was also this belief amongst Jewish circles at that time, amongst their culture, that the spirit of a person would kind of stay near to the body for three days after death. But then after that third day, the spirit would leave, it would be gone forever. And so those that had some sense of a belief in, in someone coming back from the dead, that, that hope was gone after three days. Beyond three days, it might as well have been a thousand years. All hope of resuscitation or returning to life after death was lost after three days. This situation stank for Mary and Martha, not to mention for Lazarus as well. And so we arrive at this story, we kind of arrived in the middle of this story in our reading this morning. We arrive at the point where Jesus has arrived himself, but, but he arrived too late. Jesus was too late. See, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were people who had a great belief in Jesus' power to heal. They, they perhaps even had a, a belief in his power to, to raise people from the dead, because he'd done that previously, but, but this kind of was soon after the death. And so even for these people of great faith in who Jesus was and his power to heal, for them it was too late now. Jesus was too late. And we can see this in, in the passage. We can see in John chapter 11, verse 21, when, when Jesus meets Martha along the way uh, and Martha says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. See, that's a statement of faith in what Jesus could have done if only he had arrived a little bit sooner. Jesus was too late. Uh, we see it again when, when Jesus uh, travels a little bit further in verse 32 where he meets Mary uh, and it says, When Mary reached the place where the Lord Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so again, it's a statement of faith in who Jesus is, but, but at the heart of it is a cry, why were you too late, Jesus? This stinks. And it's not just Mary and Martha. In fact, uh, if we read a little bit further down in verse 37, we're told that this group of Jews said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Again, a, a statement of belief, of, of knowledge of what Jesus can, can do. He can heal the sick. He can open the, blinds, uh, the eyes of the blind. He can, he can cleanse those with leprosy. Couldn't he, have, couldn't he have done something about this? Why was he too late? And so we know the end of this story. Uh, if you didn't know the story before, you've had it read to you this morning, you know that, that Lazarus is raised from the dead. We know that, that this story, in a sense, has a happy ending. But at this point in the story, Mary and Martha don't. And so I, I want to encourage us to put ourselves in, in, in the mind of Mary and Martha here. They're sitting in this situation that stinks. They had hope, they had belief in, in Jesus coming, 
to heal their brother and he showed up just a little too late. Put yourselves in the shoes of Lazarus even. He fell sick and, and he had faith that if Jesus comes, he can heal me. And imagine him hanging on, hoping, hoping, hoping. They had sent word. They had cried out to Jesus. They had a hope, a supernatural hope that Jesus would come and rescue them from this situation. But Mary and Martha watch as their brother dies, as he's buried, and as they grieve for four days while he's behind the stone of the tomb, thinking what ifs and if onlys. Imagine Lazarus who, who was fighting to stay strong, to stay alive until just Jesus shows up so that he can be there for his family. And his life slips away because Jesus didn't come. He didn't answer. Where was he? Would have been the question on my mind and I'm sure on Mary and Martha's. What, what was he doing? Could he not hear our cries to come? And it's too late now. He shows up, but it's too late now. Their hopes are crushed. They're thinking if only they're thinking this stinks. This stinks. And so this morning I want to ask you, have you ever been there? Have you be ever been there in your life where, you, where you're left in a situation where you just think this stinks? And perhaps are you there right now? And maybe it's because of uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 and, and the restrictions around that. Maybe you're in a, a difficult work situation. Maybe you've lost your job because of that. Uh, maybe it's because you can't see family members, you, you can't go on your holidays, you've, you've had to cancel overseas trips, you've lost money. Uh, maybe you're in that situation because of the coronavirus and, and you just think, this stinks. Maybe it's, it's a marriage thing or a loneliness thing. Maybe it's, it's a sickness that's got nothing to do with coronavirus, but, but the world's kind of focused on that and you're in this situation all on your own and you think, this stinks. Maybe it's your finances, maybe you have lost your job, maybe you're overwhelmed with life and, and you just think this stinks. Have you ever been there? Or are you there right now? Is your life kind of, in a metaphorical sense, overwhelmed with the aroma of death? A, a sense that well, I've been praying and praying. I've been crying out to Jesus and it, and it just seems too late now. Just like he was for Mary, Martha and Lazarus. Does, does it seem like Jesus is just taking too long to show up? Does it, does it seem like it's just all too late now? It's dead. It's buried. The tomb's been sealed. Why was Jesus late? Why didn't he come running as soon as he heard the word and, and show up and, and heal Lazarus like he had done hundreds of times before? Why was he too late for Mary, for Martha and for Lazarus? 
Well, if we read the story, if we go back earlier to the start of the story, we can see it wasn't because he didn't care. Sorry, not to the start of the story. We'll get there in a moment. But in verse 33 to 36, we're told that when Jesus saw her weeping, that was Mary, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And we're told that Jesus wept. And so it's not because Jesus didn't care. Jesus was moved emotionally. He was troubled in spirit, we're told. Even though we're told at the start of this story that that he declared to his disciples that this would not end in death. He already knew what he was coming to do. Mary and Martha and Lazarus might not have known the end of the story, but Jesus did. But, but even so, he cared deeply for the distress of Mary and Martha. And he wept. Jesus cared deeply. Jesus cares deeply. And so when you're in a situation that stinks and it seems like Jesus is showing up, it's not, Jesus isn't showing up, sorry, it's not because he doesn't care. And it wasn't by accident either. It wasn't because he was too busy. Now, going to the, the first part of that story in the early parts of Luke, uh, John chapter 11 in verses 3 to 7, we're told that Lazarus fell sick and then in verse 3 it says, so the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. And then he said to his disciples, Let's go back to Judea. And so we're told that Jesus loves Mary and Martha. We're told that he heard the news that Lazarus was sick. And then we're told that because of his love, when he heard the news, he stayed where he was for two more days. He, he made this choice. He stayed because he loved them. What? Uh, wouldn't you, if you have thought, I would have thought if he loved them, he would have gone running the second he heard the news. He would have kind of rushed out of the room and, and the disciples would have had to keep up to catch him and he would have gone there and he would have fixed the problem the second he heard about it. But instead we're told that Jesus loved them. So when he heard the news, he stayed two more days. What is Jesus doing? What is he doing? Jesus is up to something. Jesus is up to something here. And so we can know that, that when it seems like Jesus is just not showing up, we can know that it's not because he doesn't care. He cares deeply for us. And we can know that it's not because he's too busy or he's been delayed by accident. 
It's because he's up to something. When it stinks, uh, I want to ask you this morning, do you have faith to believe that Jesus is up to something in your life? When, when this stinks, when this situation just stinks, do you have faith to believe that Jesus is up to something in your life? When it stinks, when it blows, when it sucks, or perhaps you use more colourful language that is not kind of uh, something I'm free to use as a pastor you know, preaching on a live stream that's going out publicly, but, but you get the picture. When life is like that, do you have faith to believe that Jesus is up to something in your life? Because Jesus is always, always up to something. And when Jesus is up to something, it's always something good. Later, the Apostle Paul would reflect on the goodness of God and, and he would say that God works through all things for the good of those that love him. Some things are incredibly painful in life, but, but Jesus is always working through the good, the bad, the ugly, and even the painful. He's always up to something good. And so what was he up to? What, what is Jesus up to in this story? I want to suggest that, that he stayed because he loved them, so that there would be greater revelation and demonstration. Jesus was setting the scene for greater revelation and demonstration. Greater revelation of his identity and glory. Greater demonstration of his power. See, his disciples and, and Mary and co. had already seen him heal hundreds of times. It would have been no new demonstration. It would have been no new revelation for Jesus to rush off and heal Lazarus. We, I, I get a sense from Jesus' emotional reaction when he got there that, that his heart wanted to rescue them from that, but his heart to reveal himself more fully and demonstrate who he was more deeply was greater. See, they had seen him heal hundreds of times. They had faith for healing and they had faith, as I've said, even maybe for a resurrection if it happened soon enough. See, Jesus was up to something and that something was more than just another healing. He was up to something that would reveal and demonstrate something so much greater and so much bigger than, than just healing another person. And so there's two parts of this passage that, that make this clear to me. In John chapter 11, verse 14 and 15, we're told this. He's, he's had this discussion with his disciples and, and this weird interaction about how he loved them, so he stayed for two days and, and uh, then he said to them, Lazarus has fallen asleep, I'm going to wake them up, wake him up. And his disciples are like, well, just let him sleep, that you know, if you're sleeping, he'll hopefully recover. Sleep's good for you. And, and so Jesus had to kind of tell his disciples plainly, and we might snicker a little bit at the daftness of the disciples, but uh, I'm pretty slow to pick up on things sometimes, so I've got some compassion for them. Uh, maybe, maybe you pick up everything really quickly, and so you don't have that. 
And it says in verse 14, So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. And so Jesus was glad for the sake of the disciples that he didn't go and prevent Lazarus's death. For their sake, he was glad because he knew that in the raising of Lazarus from the dead after four days, that there would be a greater revelation, a greater demonstration that led them into a greater level of faith and belief. And then the other, the other part of this, this passage, this story that, that says to me that Jesus is up to something, something bigger than just another healing is in John eleven twenty one to 26 where again it says lord martha said to jesus if you had been here my brother would not have died but i know that even now god will give you whatever you ask jesus said to her your brother will rise again martha answered i know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day jesus said to her i am the resurrection and the life the one who believes in me will live even though they die And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so in this story, Jesus is revealing that he is not just a healer. He's not just able to forestall death. He's not just able to hold it off for some period of time because the reality is that every single person that Jesus healed died at some later point. He's not just able to reverse death even if it's soon enough that that he can just kind of capture you know, if the if the spirit's kind of still hovering around the body as there was that Jewish belief in that first couple of days, then, then he was able to kind of bring them back to life. Jesus is not just doing that. Jesus is not late in this story. He waits. There's a big difference. Jesus is not late. He waits. He waits in this story until all hope or almost all hope is lost. Because we do have that word from Martha, even now. But Jesus waits until all hope is all but lost. He he waits until even the most faith-filled for healing have all but ran out of their faith. He waits until Lazarus's body has literally begun to stink with the decay of death. As I said, if it was beyond three days, it may as well have been beyond a thousand. He waits, he's not late, he waits to reveal that he is greater than death itself. He isn't just able to resuscitate or or bring people back to life. He is resurrection. He is life. It is never too late. He is never too late. 
No situation is too stinky. Nothing and nobody is too dead for Jesus. Jesus is not late. He waits because he's up to something. And if we just look to see what that something is, we will find a greater revelation and demonstration of who Jesus is. There's a sense in which the greater the stench, the greater the revelation and demonstration. We need to ask ourselves when this stinks, what is Jesus up to? Not with sceptical, cynical eyes, but, but with the eyes of faith of going, this really stinks. So I wonder what Jesus is up to. What is he waiting to reveal and demonstrate about himself to me? What, what does he want to be? Who does he want to be for you? He is a healer. And so we should pray for healing, but he's not just a healer. He, he wants us to have a deeper understanding of, of who he is than someone who's just able to heal in this life only for us to die later on. As valuable as healing is. He wants us to have a deeper understanding of who he is so that it leads us to a greater faith in him as resurrection and life. At the very beginning, uh, we've already read this first, but at the beginning of this story when, when Jesus first hears of the stinky situation, when he first hears that, that Lazarus who he loves and, and loves his, uh, his, Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, uh, Jesus' first response says in verse 4, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And so Jesus declared over the stinky situation, his first words were that it would not end in death. And of course, applying that to this story of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, he, he, he was saying that because he knew that the end of that story would not be Lazarus staying in the tomb. He said this will not end in death, but, but death was part of the story. And, and Lazarus would die a second time and, and historical stories diverge and depending on which ancient church uh, history we listen to, uh, Lazarus' second tomb could be in a couple different places. But, but the reality is that though he was raised to life, Lazarus died again. And so death was very much part of the story. But Jesus' declaration was that this would not end in death, but, but God would be glorified through it, that he would reveal himself through it, that he was up to something in it. And so it's not that we don't experience death in life. It's just that death is not the end of the story. See, uh, while we are awaiting Jesus' return, uh, those of us who, who are not around when he returns, we will all die. We will all experience the death of loved ones just as Mary and Martha did and, and they got him back for a season, but, but later on he died. Death was part of their story, but, but Jesus declared it was not the end of the story. So Jesus was up to something. 
He was up to revealing who he was. He was up to demonstrating his power. But, but this was so much bigger than that story. This was a story, this was a, an experience that, that foretold who he was, that showed what he could do, that was a foretaste of him conquering death once and for all, for all of us. Jesus was up to something. He is up to something. He is revealing his glory. He, he is demonstrating his power. Death may be part of our experience 100% of the time. Not that you know everyone who's sick will die, but it will be an experience for 100% of us. We will lose loved ones. Our time will come. But in this story, Jesus reveals to us that that is not the end of our story because he is resurrection and life. And so he says to Martha when he reveals that, to them, he, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And he says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? I've asked this morning if, if you have faith that when it stinks, it's not because Jesus doesn't care. It's not because he's too busy. It's because he's up to something. When it stinks, do you have faith? Do you believe that Jesus is up to something? Do you believe that in the midst of, of that stinkiness that we experience in life, that there's an opportunity to see a greater revelation and demonstration of who Jesus is? Do you believe this morning? I'm sure for many of us our, our response to that is, uh, yeah, I do, kind of, I want to, sort of, I'm trying to. And so I want to leave you, we're going to finish with another story, another situation that not this time literally stank, but, but that stank. It's the story of a father in, in Mark chapter 9, verse 17 and onwards. We're told that um, Jesus had been up to the mountain and he'd come down and uh, there'd been a squabble and, and we're told in verse 16, what are you arguing with them about, um, Jesus asked. And so in verse 17, it says, A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him into the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And so this father is in a situation with his son that stinks. And we've got to know that, that him bringing his son to the disciples for healing and deliverance was, was not the first time that this father would have done something. He would have tried doctors, he would have tried rabbis, he, he would have heard of, there's this group of disciples, there's this Jesus guy that's healing everybody. But he brought his son to, to Jesus' disciples and, and they couldn't do it. Everyone else was getting healed. Everyone else was getting delivered. But, but his son that so desperately needs it isn't healed and, and that would just sting. And so Jesus responds, You unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. 
So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled away, rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me to overcome my unbelief. And so I want to leave us with that prayer this morning. I want to assure you that in the seasons of life, whether you're in one right now or, or, or whether you've been in one in the past or whether you're about to enter into one, I don't want to speak that over anyone's life, but, but it's life. I want to assure you that when it stinks, when it seems like Jesus is too long in showing up, it's not because he doesn't care. It's not because he's too busy doing something else. It's because he's up to something. And so I want to encourage you to believe that when it stinks, Jesus is up to something good. That he's revealing, that he's demonstrating who he really is. I want to encourage you this morning that that even if the end of the story in this life looks like it's death, that, that death is not the end of the story. That Jesus is resurrection and life and he asks us again do we believe and so i want to encourage your faith this morning and i want to pray for all of us the prayer of this father as he cries out to jesus so let's pray heavenly father we lift up our hands to you this morning We ask you to come, come and heal, come and deliver. Come and strengthen our faith. We declare this morning, we believe. Help us to overcome our unbelief, especially when it stinks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.